Thank you for joining me on Ordinary People Extraordinary Things. I'm Nancy and I'm your host. I get to talk to ordinary people just like you about faith and hope. I wanted to tell you about an event I'm speaking at on Thursday, June 8th at seven o'clock at night in Parker, Colorado at Southeast Christian Church. I'm gonna be speaking at a women's event. It's called Cultivate. And I'm gonna be talking about witnessing, which is a hard word that only means that you're sharing your story. So it's perfect for what we're doing here. I hope you'll put it on your calendar and join me. Well, thank you for joining me on Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things. I'm here with Steven. Steven, thanks for coming. Yeah, of course, thank you. So we know each other from church and I was just praying about people to interview and you came on my mind. So I'm excited that you said yes. Yeah, I'm excited too, that's cool. So I always love to start with three words or phrases that describe you. Okay, yeah, I was struggling with this. So <laughs> I asked hard. my wife, I was like, give me three words. That was the only thing that I got panicked about in that description. So she was like, funny, I do enjoy making people laugh. That's probably where I feel the most whole. So hopefully I'm funny. And then she said generous and then kind, I suppose. Those yeah. are not super exciting words, but I would say those are, were accurate for it. So yeah. It is hard to describe yourself. Yeah. Right? I'm not very good at it. <laughs> and it's kind of humbling too, right? Yeah, to you're say, like, yeah, this is that word too big <laughs> or Jenny, bring it back a little bit? <laughs> Does that accurately describe me? Yeah, and I can't say I'm humble. Like, you just can't say that. <laughs> right, right. I'm humble. Yeah. That's, a, that's something for me. You're saying you're funnier. Is it sarcasm? Like, sarcasm? Is it dry? Like, what? Uh, it really depends on the mood, I think. I can be very sarcastic. I can be pretty dry. I don't know. It just. Depends. Depends on the person, too. Mm -hmm. Like, what they find funny is generally, mm -hmm. like, what I'll lean towards, you know? Okay. Yeah. So I asked you on to kind of share your faith journey. Yeah. Did you grow up in a Christian home? What What has that looked like for you? Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home. Like, we were all over the place. We were Lutherans when I was a little kid. And then for most of our life, we were Presbyterians. And I don't super know the difference. I know there's slight differences. <laughs> that makes it kind of weird. People are like, really? As like a kid, you know, you don't really question it. You're like, this is what I believe. This is what my parents believe. So I believe this. I'd say like when I got like a little bit older, like more like seventh grade time, like around seventh grade is when I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I really buy into God, Jesus. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't like from a place of, I don't want God to be the boss of me kind of thing. It was more like, I don't feel God here. So why would I make him my boss? Mm. I think it's very true how you view God, especially around like that age, middle school, high school. Your view of God is very much informed by your view of your parents a little bit. Mm -hmm. My parents were, were pretty absent in our lives and they had a lot going on. My mom was very sick all the time, chronic illness, chronic pain. So she was work, go to bed, work, go to bed. Like that was the max effort she could do. Mm -hmm. And some days she couldn't even get out of bed. She just didn't have a lot of energy afterwards. And that, mm -hmm. of course, when you live with like chronic pain, that really affects your mood and like how you interact with people. And it was just hard for her, you know? Yeah. And so, and then I'd say on my dad's side, he like checked out a little bit. And he was a teacher, so he's with the kids all day. Then he goes home and he has to take care of my mom and make sure everything's done. And then he just has nobody checking on in on him, making sure he's good. Mm. And so, that pattern creates kind of a weird 
area for like neglect almost. Mm -hmm. It's not the type of neglect you're going to call child protective services, but it's a more silent neglect in that way. Yeah, they were dealing with their own. Yeah, they're doing their best. That was my view of God then, Mm. was he's a neglectful God. He doesn't care, or at least he's just not here. He's not around. I, I remember this visual pretty vividly. It felt like I was in a room, similar to this one even, waiting for God to come in, and he never came in. And so I just decided to get up and leave the room. That was kind of how I felt, mm. leaving. My family's like a passive-aggressive, don't talk about a family. Okay. And so I don't think they ever knew I even really stopped believing, you know? Like, I just silently walked away. Were um, you still going to church? Still going to church, still going to youth group. And, like, I still liked all the people in the church. There was no oh, I hate you for being a pastor or, like, mm-hmm. wanting you to believe this. There's none of that. It was just like, no, I just don't believe this. Mm. Yeah, so still going to church, still being active in it, being part of the whatever the youth was doing, like Youth Sunday, whatever it was, like, still a big part of it. Right when high school ended, fell off the face of the earth as far as going to church. And I, I could, like, make a thousand excuses of, well, I worked in the service industry and Sunday during that time is brunch. I'm like, you work brunch during that time. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to church. So I just didn't go and I felt fine. And then all these different philosophies and things. I think a lot of that time in high school, I was still debating with God or do I believe this, don't I? Most of the time I'm like, I don't. But then I go to like youth camp or whatever. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. there's a little more space for him to work right now. Mm -hmm. And then like close it back up. Okay. But there was more dialogue. And then after that, there was no dialogue. After high school. After high school, yes, sorry. Okay. No dialogue. You're like, on. I'm done. Yeah. It's like, I don't need church. I don't need you. Yeah. This is crazy. I can think of so many plot holes that nobody's been able, like, able to understand. And any question I do have that I have had asked gets more like the, well, you just have to have faith. or. Mm. Some answers that are sometimes good, but sometimes are actually really hurtful. What were some of your plot holes? Holes. I got really hung up on atonement. Not that Jesus Christ could resurrect. If he's God, he can do that. There's no question there. It was more the question of why does he need to? Like, mm. if God's God, it feels like he's a little showy sometimes. Like, he's mm. kind of showboating. Mm. He could just forgive us. Why did he have to do that? Yeah, like, why did he have to come down and do it when God could have just been like, Forgive it. Mm-hmm. So that was like something I always got hung up on. The God in the Old Testament is way different than the God in the New <laughs> Testament. Like that's a, if you skim the surface, that's kind of, that's what it looks like. It looks like it, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't believe that's true anymore. But if you don't read your Bible, like really read it. Yeah. Like if you just pick and pick things or like, oh, I'll just take this chapter or this story and then this story, you can come up with that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you can see where people get it. But when you actually dive in, I feel like God shows that. Yeah. But but that's a good a yeah. good example. A lot of the times I think you are supposed to be horrified by the things going on. Mm. Not like this is God's will. No, that's not God's will. You're missing the story. Mm-hmm. And then I think we can read it the wrong way mm-hmm. sometimes. But I think at like the basis of it, it was just about the relationship. I had neglectful parents. I saw God as neglectful. Why would I serve someone mm-hmm. who doesn't, I don't see or feel or hear? Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? So, yeah. and coming to that conclusion, solid, I just walked away. So after high school, you stepped away from, from church and like just said no to God. Did you 
were you atheist? Were you looking at other religions? Were you just like, I don't care, I'm just living my life right now? I, I would say agnostic, atheist. I was open to being wrong, but if I were to plant a flag in the ground, it would have been no God. Okay. But I wouldn't have been so sure to do that unless I was forced to kind of thing, if that okay. makes sense. Okay. Just for simplicity, I'll say atheist. Okay. Like I was with other atheists, and we'd just kind of like talk about it and be like, this isn't true, this is, mm. I don't believe this, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. And then I started hanging out with a girl who is now my wife. Okay, that's Jumped funny. to the story a little bit. Um, <laughs> and she was a Christian. I never debated her on it. That's your thing. See that there's good in this. I just don't feel anything from it. I'm not going to try and change you to be atheist. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care, which may seem weird to people. I don't know. But I was just uh, like, you believe what you believe, and I'll believe what I believe. The whole you do you, I'll do me thing. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> prominent like, right now. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I was more worried, you're going to want me to be Christian. Mm. Like, I know that's going to be a pressure. I just naturally know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I lived in a Christian household. My sister dated a non-Christian. I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. But I'm cool. I'm cool. I don't need this. I don't need to change you. And so time goes on. We just live in that kind of tension of not talking about it for a long time. You're out of high school. Roughly how many years until you met your girlfriend someday to be wife? So we were, we actually met in middle school. Oh, okay. And so we were friends in like middle school, hang out in class friends, but Uh not outside of school. And I was like 19 when we started hanging out outside of any sort of school scenario. And And then then how many years until you moved to Colorado? Four? Okay. Yeah. So we've got quite a few years where you're yeah. I'm done with God. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. wanted to get an idea. Yeah. So she was, let's join a life group. And I was like, I really don't want to do that. So I'm a peacemaker, so I'll just go along with it. I'm like, okay, I'll go along with this, but I'm not going to say anything. I have nothing to add to this conversation. And so we go to this life group. It gets really big, which is, makes it easy not to say anything. Yeah, that was fine. That's exactly what I expected it to be. I didn't glean anything from this. And so we keep going, and then the life group leaders are Katie and Aaron Schiffelbein. They were really great. They just kind of mentored us, but basically took us in. We started hanging out with them all the time. They're like about 10, 12 years older than us. And so I started having lunches with Aaron. At first it was just normal lunches, and then he was like, I would like to read a little bit of the Bible and start talking about it with you at lunch. And I was like, there it is. I knew it was coming. I knew, like, this is, this is the game. I know what it is. <laughs> It took you a little bit longer than I expected, but here it is. And so I was like, fine, I'll read this and I'll tell you my questions. And I was like, I'm not going to hold back on this one. Mm. Like I have been forever. Like I mm. will give you my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. So we go to lunch and we do it. And I think we're reading Matthew. I can't even remember what the questions or the verses we read. And so we started reading it. And then I was like, what about this, 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 you know, mm. like, and he was just like, yeah, I don't know. And that was like the humbleness the awareness to just like say, I don't know. It wasn't like this get out of jail free card. You just have to have faith or grace or like kind of these catchphrases that you can use. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. And so it felt way more genuine and there was space to like work and sift through that then. Hmm. So I think that was really profound. Mm. Just him saying, I don't know, but I still believe in all this. Hmm. So that was really good. Fast forward, we're getting ready to move to Colorado. And I remember on the drive kind of being like, well, I'm going to be around only Christians now. (laughs) All my friends back there who aren't Christians 
are gone. So if there's a time to be more open to this, now's the time. Mm. Like, it was like, I will open the conversation again. Okay. See what happens. If nothing happens, nothing happens, and I can go back to normal. And I think God just, like, whoom, shot through the door almost. Hmm. From being not Christian, like, pretty solid, to becoming Christian was, like, a couple days. Like, it was just, like... Wow. Yeah, it was... God was, like... I'm here, like, banging on the door almost. Like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. you got to tell that yeah, story. Yeah. <laughs> so we moved down here, and me and Carter are not uh, married at this point. So I'm, she's staying at her parents' house, and I'm staying at uh, the Percival's house, actually. And you don't know these people. I don't know these people. Great. I get to stay at some, some random, random people's <laughs> house. I don't know anybody. Yeah. Yep. How wonderful. Yeah, it was funny. And it was actually really funny because I was supposed to be with a different person's house. And then, like, last second, it changed to the Percival's house. And so, and that'll be more fun in a second. So it's, like, the first time I'm just with Marcy, just, like, hanging out with her. Like, nobody else is there. And then she just, like, does her Marcy thing, if you've ever met her, um, where she just starts speaking truth into you. I remember very specifically thinking, like, on the car ride, nobody's ever said to me that I am seen. And I, like, really longed for that. For like those words of affirmation mm -hmm. and like one of the first things she said to me was god wants you to know that you're seen mm. and it was like what mm. <laughs> Where, how'd you how'd you know there was just a, like a lot of that she would just speak things that i just met this woman there's no reason she would know this mm -hmm. it's like the list is endless of the amount of things she just knew that she shouldn't have known so god was obviously specifically using her yeah to speak into your heart of yeah. what you needed. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was like, okay. And then I started having like crazy dreams, just like super vivid. And I forget my dreams super quick. So like if I like remember them, it's usually pretty significant. And then especially if there's a God figure in it, I'm like, this seems pretty, this is different. I mean, you can interpret it any way you want. I think the main thing was God was just saying he's here. Mm -hmm. I remember one feeling his presence, feeling my whole body like get tingly. This is like three o'clock in the morning, like whole body just like chills. And I like jump out of bed, full body, like out of bed, just and still feeling it. It didn't disappear when I woke up. Hmm. And then I just had the sense to like go downstairs and just kind of be at peace until like four o'clock. So I had like an hour. So I did. I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then like right at four o'clock, a light goes up over a scripture verse in their house, worship with thankfulness in their heart, or something like that. Um, it was like on a timer or something. Yeah, it was like the light was on a timer exactly for 4 o'clock, but it was just like, boom, four, like there's no reason. It's still weird, still strange. And I was like, okay. Uh, like, I think God was just showing that he's thankful I'm back. I don't know. That's what I gleaned from it. And then I think the other important dream to mention is I was back home in Idaho in the room I had in my parents' house. Both my parents were there, and it was like the best versions of themselves that they could be. It was like everything good about them was on display. Again, I think it was God, you got a new father, like a new family, like, you know, like this is, it doesn't have to be broken, almost. Like, I'm not broken, I will give you the best of what you need. Something along those lines. And there was more, but those are the important ones, I'd say. That um, is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I had a podcast a few podcasts ago where it was about dreams. And I feel like a lot of people don't share their dreams. Yeah. Because 
in America were like, oh, that's creepy, that's weird. Oh, kooky. Yeah, but obviously in, in the Bible, God speaks so much through dreams. Yeah. And so it's nice to start hearing people share that because I think that he's, he is who he was, right? And yeah. so he's going to keep on speaking to people in that way. And yeah. so for people to maybe start seeing that or not being afraid of it or yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's really cool yeah I think it's yeah you have to use some discernment not, right right I mean the yeah not that, every dream yeah. is <laughs> but the ones from God you're like no that one was I've dreamt before that was different right yeah so yeah I totally agree though it's that's, cool they can be really profound yeah that's yeah. really neat so thanks for sharing that so you, you had these dreams uh, Marcy just really spoke to you and what happened next at that point i'm like here i am kind of thing you know okay i felt like the first dream was like a very call back to like samuel almost like mm. in the night go to him and say here i am yeah not equating myself with samuel but just like a similar kind of storyline right the dream i heard you calling i heard yeah. you calling i heard you calling oh it's god yeah yeah here i am your servant all right i'm here that's the end point of becoming Christian again, you know, but mm-hmm. like the start point of being a Christian. Right. Yeah. It's just the beginning, really. So do you have all of your questions answered? Like the atonement and, um, you know, I'm kind of going back to that. Yeah, I have like better peace, but I definitely have like theories. I think God's big enough that there's not one explanation for a lot of these things. What's the metaphor with like the ruby where like each passage, like you keep looking at the different faces of it mm. and it brings new, totally different meaning at each face you turn this gem. I think a lot of it works like that. So I have ones that I like make more sense and attach to me and like bring like meaning and some that I'm like, I don't agree with that. Like with atonement, like I can't go all over all the theories of atonement, but there's quite a few and I've, I don't know, I've, I feel better, like have more resources Mm -hmm. than I did then as Mm -hmm. a kid to discover those things. And they're talked about more. I'm around a lot of very educated Christian people. So those conversations get talked about, talked about more. And it's less just like these in the dark things that mm. don't get talked don't, about. Like don't Don't even that. bring it up. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. So, but when you kind of said, okay, I'm going to give my life to Jesus, you didn't have to have all the answers, it sounds like. Yeah, it was you like... Had a, yeah, it, it didn't become near, like, it wasn't important anymore. Okay. Because that was, like, very much, like, the questions, like, came after the not feeling relationship. Like, mm. I don't feel a relationship. How many questions can I gather to disprove that God doesn't exist? Because mm-hmm. I don't feel him. So I'll find all the ways that don't make sense, and I'll just have that compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. And so, but once I felt like the relationship, like in a big way, the question's importance really washed away. It's important to ask questions, but how high I placed the importance of them being answered was not nearly where I was having it kind of thing. Mm, You said that so well, thank you. What would you say to someone like maybe in middle school? Yeah. Or, you know, high school that's, feeling like you felt is there any advice you might give yeah i'd say big one is the understanding of that we do view god how we view our parents Mm. i equated god to a neglectful absent god 
and that's kind of my situation. Like, that's my home life. But God isn't that. But it's really easy to make him the worst parts of your family. And he's not that. So I think recognizing that and knowing what you're attributing to God that isn't actually what should be attributed to him is really important. And I'd say asking questions and being okay wrestling with them. Wrestling with God. That's a big part of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And being in tension of not knowing in that space. Like, that's totally okay. In fact, it's good. You should be in spaces like that. If you have everything figured it out, like everything figured out, you don't know anything about the Bible. You have or your to. your God's too small, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Has anything changed with your parents or maybe the way you view them or maybe not their situation, but has anything changed for you? That's a good question. I can be mad at them and blame them all I want, but at a certain point it becomes my responsibility to grow past that Mm. and grow past that pain and not carry that with me. Otherwise, I'll do it to, if I have my own children, I'll probably do it like I would do it to them if I don't resolve that those issues so Mm -hmm. yeah I think there's like definitely a forgiveness like factor there I don't think they intentionally tried to be hurtful in Mm -hmm. that way I don't think that's true of them I guess I've forgiven them Mm -hmm. I said that's the difference where I wouldn't have said that in definitely in high school obviously but like in those years after high school like those four years after high school I wouldn't have been able to say that like I am now that's awesome so God's given you a peace and what he promises with forgiveness, right? It doesn't yeah. mean that, yeah, it's okay or they've changed, but your heart. Yeah, I'm changed. not carrying it with me like I was. That's good. Yeah. What is your favorite Bible verse or story? So I do really like Samuel. I really like the moments in the Bible where they say, here I am, actually. I don't know. I really stick to those. Like, Because the other one I was thinking about that is like right now, Moses in the burning bush has been like, just like where I've been at recently, a pastor said it this way. Moses gets to it and he takes his shoes off because the, he realizes the ground was holy. And he's like, I maybe take that a step further because he realized the ground was always holy. He's been in this spot many times and he's just realizing it. And as we're like in a season as a church, looking and yearning for the presence of God more and more and more, I think that's a pretty profound statement. The ground has always been holy. He's always been here. Mm-hmm. We're just not recognizing it. Mm. So I think that's been, just like recently, that's been what's jumbling, you know, in my head a lot. Yeah, that's great. And what are you grateful for? Lots of things. Grateful for moving down here to Colorado, because I think if I was still in Moscow, I would not be a Christian still. So mm. I'm grateful for that, for not living here super long. I have a great community, like, built up really fast. That's really cool. Should take a lot longer than it did, so I'm grateful for that. Um, God put a lot of cool people in my life. Yeah, and I'm grateful for the two dogs at home. They bring me a lot of joy. <laughs> They're so silly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for being on. I so appreciate it, and I know that people will be inspired and maybe in their own walk, or maybe it would be that those people that stepped into your life that really made a difference, and they can see themselves doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. My prayer is that through this podcast, you are seeing how impactful stories are. But not just these stories, all stories, your story. 
One of my favorite quotes is from Brad Gray. He's with Walking the Text. He says, the greatest asset we possess as followers of Jesus are our very stories about what God has done in our lives. I'm gonna say that again. The greatest asset we possess as followers of Jesus are our very stories about what God has done in our lives. Let that sink in. Our greatest asset is our stories. We have to tell our story. Please tell your story about what God is doing in your life, what he's done in your life through the good times, the bad, the hard, the ugly, the wonderful. Tell your story. We would love to hear it and tell your friends and family. Make God's name great in your storytelling.